At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the sports betting network. What's up, folks? Welcome into another week of The Edge. And guess what? We are whole. We are complete. Once again, Matt Humans is here at the desk. And from what I understand, he's here all week. Not going anywhere. As we are reunited, we have a good show on tap today. Paul Stone, college sports handicapper, is going to be with us in 15 minutes uh, because Texas is playing tonight. So we'll get that uh, insight from him. He does much more than that. But we'll get the insight uh, on what the Longhorns have in front of them if they match up against Baylor and a little bit more on college hoops because I think he's got a spot in the Big Ten that we got to look at later today. But college hoops will be the focus, not only because we are heading down the home stretch with some teams only playing two games in the regular season left on the card, but... We had a ridiculous weekend of results in college basketball. The madness began early and even before March. How about this? As we have put it, the crash of the Titans, the top 16s, and the AP top 25 lost on Saturday. Number one, Gonzaga, Matt Humans is a 10.5 point favorite. Lost 67-57 at number 23, St. Mary's. A rare true road spot for Gonzaga this late into the season. Number two, Arizona, losing 79-63 at Colorado. Auburn. Three-point underdog, losing at number 17, Tennessee, 67-62. Purdue, losing at Michigan State, 68-65. Kansas, losing at number 10, Baylor. Kentucky, losing 75-73 at number 18, Arkansas. Now, I would say uh, that there is one common thread amongst all of these, and that would be that A word, at, right, for all of these teams. But still, a ridiculous day on Saturday nonetheless. Yeah, it's obvious that uh, the common thread is all these teams lost on the road. And some of the losses are far worse than others. And the two worst losses, in my estimation, are Gonzaga and Arizona, without a doubt. Uh, Because when you're talking about being a a five-point road favorite like Purdue is, that's not a big favorite. The, The other three are dogs. Auburn, Kansas, Kentucky were dogs on the road. But Gonzaga, a double-digit favorite, and Arizona opened a double-digit favorite. Arizona led by five at halftime, got blown out by a Colorado team that had just been blown out by Arizona State a couple days previous to that. The 83rd-ranked team in the country, by Ken, at least just by Ken Palm ratings. It's right? hard to explain that one. It's hard to explain Arizona's loss in Boulder. I know these back-to-back games at altitude are difficult, but, hey, Arizona State just swept Colorado and uh, Utah, so what's Arizona's excuse? But Gonzaga, uh, man... I, I watched the uh, replay of that game twice. I can't figure out what the deal was with the Zags on Saturday night. And I had a small bet on St. Mary's uh, plus 11, but obviously not That's a big right. enough bet because that was uh, one of the best bets of the day, and it was one of my smallest bets. And um, 
when I watched the replay, I was just struck by how the Zags were sleepwalking from yeah. start to finish in that game. They just did not show up. And um, I do think Mark Few wanted his team to be tested a couple of times before the tournament. And uh, he got a little bit more than he bargained for at St. Mary's. Randy Bennett had a great game plan here, but it really is one of those nights where everything was going right for the Gales. Everything went wrong for the Zags. The Gales had uh, just role players throwing in uh, shots yep. left and right. Every, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was a magical night for St. Mary's. And uh, the Zags just didn't look anything like the number one team, but they're going to stay number one uh, because all the other teams lost. I thought really what I took away from it uh, was that what I always say, don't play road favorites in college basketball. It's a bad habit. You can play one every once in a while. I was talking with Doug Kazarian of ESPN about this last night because uh, Doug likes road favorites. I said, I don't play them in college hoops because college basketball is the – Ultimate home advantage oh, sport, yes. home court sport, right? Nothing even comes close. NBA is not close. NFL is not close. College football is the only thing that comes close in terms of a home advantage to what college basketball has got. And you saw that with the top six teams going down Saturday all on the road. And also Texas Tech went down yep. in the top ten on the road. Duke had the most impressive win. And Duke was at Syracuse and blew out the orange wire to wire in a uh, about a 30-point win. That was an ugly game for uh, Jim Beheim, But I, th- I think Duke, like I was telling Vincen Vinny a couple weeks ago, is right up there in the top three. And uh, Duke has not gotten that type of respect in the polls. But if you can grab Duke at 12-1, to 1, we know Coach K is going to get a good draw. He's mm-hmm. probably going to get a favorable whistle in the games when it comes down to it. I still think Duke at 12-1 to is a pretty good bet right now on the futures board, even though uh, – I'm not a Blue Devils fan. I think you have to be objective and say Duke's just as good as Gonzaga, Arizona, Auburn, Purdue, Kansas, Kentucky, and, and probably better than a few of those teams. Yep. So a few things to, to follow up on these, right? One, uh, to your point about home court, a, a team that has been dominant against the spread this year, Texas Tech, for example, still one and four straight up and against the spread in these true road spots. Right. So that speaks to how tough it is to win on the road. Um, the team like the Red Raiders as road chalk. I should put it that way, actually. One and four straight up against the spread is road chalk, Texas Tech. So speak to your point about laying points on the road and here. Tech, Tech had a – I think Tech was up nine in that game at TCU because yep. I took five with TCU and it just wasn't going well. And then, boom, second half, the game flips and the, the Horned Frogs take over. And Texas Tech goes down in, uh, in that one. So uh, it, it's just it's tough to bet road favorites in college basketball. I think what you have to take away from this is don't make a habit of it. Right. If you play an occasional spot where you love a road favorite, okay, don't make a habit. If you do it routinely, uh, it's going to be a bankroll-burning strategy. And uh, to give you an idea of how rare what Saturday was in terms of these upsets, since the AP poll began in the 1948-1949 season, there have now been 1,796 days in which at least one AP top five team lost. There have been 296 days when at least uh, two of five lost. 38 days when at least three of five lost. Three days when at least four of the top five lost. And now just one day this last Saturday in which all top five teams of the AP top 25 poll lost. Now That's going back to 1949. Yes. How about that? Yep. I mean, think about it. If uh, three of the top five lose, that's, com- that's considered carnage. Yeah, the, the top five, top six went down Saturday in college hoops. And, you know, we'll ask Paul Stone about this in the next segment. I've said I think at least 15 teams can win the championship. Maybe it's more. Yeah. 
There could be one. And the cool thing about the way that this year looks is, you know, you're looking around at some of these teams, right? For example, like we're going to see Iowa later today. The cool part is like even teams like Iowa, not that I say that they're a terrible team. They're a top 25 team, mm-hmm. you know, very good by some power rankings inside the top 20, but they have dominant players like a Keegan Murray that can carry you like a really long way. Right. To me, that's what's kind of stuck out about a lot of these teams. For a lot of them, you can pick out one kind of superstar-esque player that if they get hot over the course of, you know, two or three weeks, they're going to carry them very far. In a certain Usually time. it's got to be a guard, too. Right. Yeah. Or a ball-dominant guy who's going to score. It's got to be a wing or a guard, yep. a guy like Carmelo Anthony or mm-hmm. something like that. Who uh, Kemba Walker. Yeah. Right, and carried his team. And you see these are like the mid-range shots here, college basketball championship futures via BetMGM. And you're getting a little into the weeds when you're talking about Alabama, Tennessee, Texas, Wisconsin, UConn, Ohio State, all in the range of 50 I'll tell you, to you 66 got some dangerous to teams in there. Now, I know Providence uh, Friars have been playing with fire, and uh, the luck factor has been off the charts for that team. But if, if you're trying to find teams with a little bit of odds value, Just so Iowa. to speak, yeah, I, I think Iowa might have some. Um, Tennessee, mm-hmm. Tennessee at 50 to 1 just took down Auburn. I think Wisconsin at 50 to 1 has got a chance, uh, you know, to be a Final Four team. Once you get there at that number, uh, you, you, got, you got a shot, you got something you can work with. UConn is a quietly dangerous team at about 65 to 1. LSU possibly at eighty to one. So you got some uh, potential Cinderellas that could come out of that long shot pack. Yep. So again, as we head down, we got about two or three games left, depending on who you're looking at on their regular season schedule. But uh, and we have a lot of good games today that are going to go a long way toward decided seating for a lot of these. You know, teams, I want to mention one more thing. Yeah. This upset went under the radar Saturday, but it was uh, one of the biggest of the season. Chicago State. Oh, yeah. A 17-point underdog took down New Mexico State. Yep. And how often does Chicago State pull one of the biggest upsets in college hoops? But uh, the Cougars did that uh, Saturday because we talk about dangerous mid-major teams. We've been talking about Davidson, Murray State, uh, uh, South Dakota State, Mm -hmm. New Mexico State, uh, Iona, teams like that. And New Mexico State goes down at Chicago State. I mean, I saw that score, and I thought, that's got to be a misprint. And it's interesting, too, because, like, it wasn't the best spot because, you know, you go up to Seattle and you get that really big win, right, for New Mexico State. Uh, But there was, like, six days in between the two games. So it's not like they followed that up two days later to take it on Chicago State. Chicago State. (laughs) Right. Come on. Uh, (laughs) So uh, they were definitely caught sleepwalking there. And it was their third straight road game, and I think it was their fifth in, like, six games that they were on the road Mm -hmm. in New Mexico State. So not the best situation. But, again, to lose the game outright, not covering is one thing. To lose the game outright, though. Seventeen point favorite. Yep. Yeah. Oh, but you're right too, and we haven't even mentioned some of these, like Murray State, Murray State last week. You know, big game against Belmont. What they roll against Belmont looked like one of the best teams mm-hmm. of, potentially in the country. The eye test is appealing when you see a team like Murray State. So, man, this uh, this tournament is going to be a lot of fun when we're talking about these teams and competing and how good they could potentially be uh, as you move forward. All right, with that now, we have a lot of games in college hoops, and we have a lot to get to, too, from the NBA because we finally got to see James Harden on the court yeah. for the Philadelphia 76ers for two games. And I will put this very quickly before we get out of here. Um, if that's what it's going to be like here going forward, your Heat better watch out. Philadelphia 76ers are pretty damn good. Oh, I don't think the Heat's going to coast to the East <laughs> Championship by any means. Uh, obviously, the Sixers are going to be tough to deal with. Um, the Brooklyn Nets, when they become whole, are going to be difficult. The Bucks still going to be there. I think the Bulls um, will be something to contend with, you know, along with teams like the Celtics. But uh, I think you, you got four teams that can win the East. Miami, Milwaukee, Philly, and Brooklyn, right? Yep. 
Yep, put it in there. Yeah. And then teams that can make deep runs like Boston, potentially, things like that. Uh, but we'll get more to the NBA and the observations uh, from this past weekend, too, because I-, I talked to you last week when you were on Follow the Money, and we saw something. I'll put it this way. We saw something from the New York Knicks and Tom Thibodeau, mm-hmm. which I don't think we usually see from Tibbs, and maybe it means something going forward for the Knickerbockers, uh, who just got their faces caved in yesterday by the Philadelphia 76ers. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, on every key team, conference, and player to watch, from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VSIN through April 5th for only $19 at vsin.com slash madness. That is vsin.com slash madness. All right, Big 12 matchup later today. Baylor on the road against Texas. Longhorns coming off of a tight win over West Virginia. How do they respond? Well, we will find out. Paul Stone is going to join us on the other side. Give us the play here on Baylor, Texas. And look, uh, we talked about Iowa. Well, Iowa's got an intriguing matchup against Northwestern, and I think that uh, Paul has an opinion on that. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcast. Get coast-to-coast hoops. Greg Hoops-Peterson is going to look at every major and some of the minor college basketball games on the upcoming schedule to find betting opportunities. Also, other programs like Eating the Book with Gil Alexander, Market Insights, and others, all free and available now. vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's welcome in Paul Stone, professional handicapper. It was nice to give us some time today and uh, take a look at the schedule in terms of college hoops later tonight. And uh, Paul, 
We always have you on to talk about a lot of stuff, but when you're on, we know that Texas is going to be in action. So let's start here. Number 10, Baylor, taking on number 20, Texas. I had no idea. I don't really pay attention to the AP poll that much. Uh, but what do you make of the Longhorns catching a point and a half with a total of 135 at home against the Bears today? Well, I tell you, JVT, it's dropped to one in some circles. You look at this series, and Baylor's dominated this series recently. Uh, the Bears actually have won five straight over Texas. Uh, they've covered the last four uh, of those victories. None of those games have been closer than seven points. Uh, so suffice it to say, you know, Scott Drew, he's kind of had the Longhorns number in recent years. Uh, in the first meeting uh, earlier this season, 16 days ago in Waco, Baylor won that game fairly easily, won 80-63. to Bears led by 13 at the half. Uh, Longhorns never got within single digits in the second half. Uh, one of Baylor's top scorers, probably their top outside shooter, L.J. Cryer, Again, questionable for tonight's game with a, a foot injury. And then you've got their forward, Jonathan Kamachakawa, one of their inspirational leaders. He was lost for the season to a left knee injury uh, in the first game between the Bears and the Longhorns. But important to note, Cryer didn't play in Baylor's earlier victory over Texas. Kamachakawa only played five minutes. So this is essentially the same group of players that uh, easily handled Texas uh, there in Waco 16 days ago. Home court advantage, obviously significant in college basketball. But until I see something different, I'm going to keep thinking Baylor's going to beat Texas. So I'm going to recommend taking Baylor minus one over the Longhorns tonight in a smaller play on the under 135 and a half. Paul Stone, I know last night you bet Baylor a pick him, so you're also under uh, 135 and a half. But right now, Baylor minus one. You, t- you talked about the home court advantage is obviously significant in college basketball. We saw that over the weekend with the top six teams going down all on the road. Texas Tech also on the road in the top ten went down. Paul, what did you take away from uh, Saturday with the uh, the crash of the Titans? Yeah, I mean, like you said, first of all, all the games were on the road, and they were all against pretty solid opponents. You know, most of the lines were fairly tight. I think uh, St. Mary's, that was, that was surprising. I mean, St. Mary's, I think, was catching ten and a half at home. And they pretty much controlled that game. They got the game to be played at their tempo, and they controlled the Zags from start to finish in that 67-57 to victory. So a, a nice win there for St. Mary's. And the other surprise would have been, of course, Colorado there in Boulder, uh, catching nine and a half, making easy work of Arizona, winning by 16. But these teams, the teams that lost those top six teams, they're all in the tournament right now. You know, they're pretty much only playing for seeding, uh, they've played close to 30 games at this part, you know, this point in the season. So they're kind of in no man's land from a, you know, a mentality standpoint. You know, they're kind of right for the picking, uh, coming to the end of a long regular season, but not quite seeing March Madness on the horizon, if you will. I'm not going to take a whole lot out of these games. You know, I've said all along, if you listen to my podcast especially, that Arizona and Auburn, I think both those teams are kind of overvalued in the polls and the betting marketplace. I don't think Kansas is going to go. You know, they might make the Sweet 16, but I don't see them maybe even making the Elite Eight. They've got some uh, defensive deficiencies there. So Saturday's results, uh, even though interesting and even though great to watch, they don't really change my opinion a whole lot on any of the uh, upset teams. Yeah, that's interesting. So uh, you're not that high on Arizona, Auburn, Kansas. Uh, who do you like in the top 10 or maybe uh, the top 20, Paul? So in the big picture, if you don't like those teams that much, who do you like? 
you know, I still kind of like, especially with the, I like this Kentucky team, and I know they, uh, you know, they're struggling with injuries right now. Uh, even though uh, their two guards, Ty uh, Ty Washington uh, and the other guard, I'm uh, not really? recalling his name right right now, but uh, those guys both played. Uh, they both played against uh, right Shamir. Uh, they, they both played against Arkansas, but I think they were they were obviously limited. I think this Kentucky team is a team uh, to be contended with. And if if I got one pick, it's not very sexy, but I would still pick the Zags. I think with that front court, uh, you know, you got Drew Timmy from uh, the Dallas area here in Shed Holmgren. You just have a, a one-two punch like no other. So I like. Uh, like that team, uh, probably most of all, looking at the big picture. Interesting. Uh, Severe Wheeler is the other guard you were talking about for Kentucky. Uh, Paul, how many, JVT and I were bouncing around this idea, how many teams do you think can win it, or how many teams do you think uh, are legitimate threats to reach the Final Four? How wide open might this tournament be? You know, I think, you know, especially with the three-pointer, I mean, that's the great uh, the great neutralizer. And, uh, you know, there's no – I think it's pretty clear and it's fair to say. I don't think there's – and we say this maybe every year, but I don't think there's any really great teams. You know, I think everybody's got some warts. So, I think – you know, I think even a team like Texas is as down as I am on Texas uh, in most of their individual games. Um, when you get to tournament time, there's fewer fouls played. They let you play more physical. And we saw when the, when the officials let you play, Texas can play some pretty nasty defense. They were pretty physical against Kansas. Uh, probably should have been wearing shoulder pads in that game. So that's to Texas's advantage. Not as much of an offensive-oriented game. But, you know, I think you could probably see the Final Four. I think we could probably go 16 deep as far as teams that have a legitimate chance for uh, advancing to the Final Four. And I certainly wouldn't be surprised to see a, a team right now that – Nobody's talking about whoever that team might be uh, making the Final Four. You know, could it be a, a team like uh, you know Murray State, who got uh, had a close call on Saturday night, or a, a sleeper like that in a true Cinderella, uh, maybe adding a, another dimension to the Final Four this year in New Orleans? Tell you what. Uh... We're going to move on from this, but uh, that team with Eric Musselman at the helm, who's got a couple of deep tournament runs, yeah. uh, they're playing some pretty good basketball since mid-January. Arkansas is yep. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, all right, Paul, let's get to another contest later today. We'll go to the Big Ten, Northwestern, Iowa, 869-870. Uh, 10.5 with a total of 151.5 right now. Uh, humans and I talking about big picture. Helps when you got a player like Keegan Murray on the floor, but what are you looking at here? And just backtracking real quick, Arkansas is a team I should have mentioned. J.D. Note, what he did, uh, the 30-point effort, and that guy's just a player. So when you've got an offensive player like him, you certainly have a shot. But looking at this Northwestern-Iowa game uh, tonight in Iowa City, uh, Iowa favored by 10.5 with a total of 150.5. And this is an Iowa team that obviously uh, likes to push the pace. Uh, I don't think the linemakers really been able to make the totals high enough for the most part. Uh, this season in Hawkeye games, they're 19 and eight to the over this season in games where the Hawkeyes are favored by nine and a half points with a total of 150 or higher. Iowa is seven one and one to the over uh, tonight again favored by ten and a half with a uh, total of 151. So it meets those criteria. These teams played twice last year, combined to score 159 in the first meeting, 169 points in the second. Iowa fifth in adjusted offensive efficiency, according to, to Ken Palm. Likely need 81 or more points tonight to get over the total. They're averaging 83.8 on the season, 86.7 in their last six games. I like this game to go over the total tonight in Iowa City. 
All right, Paul Stone, Purple Cats and the Red Hot Hawkeyes over the total uh, tonight. Iowa is a hot team. How about uh, K-State, Texas Tech? Red Raiders looking to bounce back from that loss at TCU, Paul. Uh, I, I always think K-State is a, a scrappy dog, typically live in the underdog role, and an awful team as a favorite. And we saw that over the weekend when K-State lost at home to Iowa State. Uh, any thoughts on that matchup tonight with the Wildcats uh, in Lubbock to face Texas Tech? Well, you know, even though the Wildcats are 6-10 and 10 in conference play, you know, they're still being mentioned as a team that still could get in the, in the NCAA tournament. And I think they need to win tonight in Lubbock to keep hope alive. And getting double-digit dogs, I don't have it right in front of me, but getting double digits in the Big 12, those teams have been pretty solid this, this year. Uh, Texas Tech, not a great offensive team. You know, if I had to go pick one side or the other, you know, I would take Kansas State as a double-digit underdog, and it's certainly a game that they need to win again to keep their NCAA tournament hopes alive. And there you see it, K-State, 10-3 and ATS in the last 13 on the road. Yep. And uh, Texas Tech's obviously been really good on the home court as well. Uh, Paul, we appreciate you jumping on today to College Hoops Thoughts. We're going to get you on again uh, very soon. Where can people find your Hoops podcast? Uh, Paul Stone Sports uh, Podcast. It is available uh, through my website, paulstonesports.org, or through uh, all of your favorite uh, podcast platforms. You can find it at virtually all of those. Paul, good to talk to you, man. Thank you. Appreciate you guys having me on. Have a great day. Yeah, you got it. Paul Stone Sports up on Twitter. Always good to listen on the podcast when he's talking college football and college hoops. Yep. Yeah, interesting little trends coming head-to-head in that matchup. Uh, mm-hmm. Texas Tech, 17-0 straight up, 13-3-1 ATS at home this season. Uh, but as you mentioned, Kansas State, 7-3 ATS on the road, 10-6 ATS overall in Big 12 play. Yeah, K-State was a home favorite over the weekend, and uh, you got to bet against K-State as a favorite. And uh, you can't count out K-State as an underdog, but I'm going to pass on that game tonight. All right, when we come back, uh, we'll take a look at the association. Let's get to the uh, the details of what happened over the weekend, specifically the two games we saw with Harden and Embiid together. This is The Edge on VSN, the sports betting network. All right, get an early start on your College Hoops Tournament betting with VSIN's full-court bracket betting coverage starting Sunday, March 13th with six hours of free live video streaming on vsin.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every game. The VSIN College Hoops experts will analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers uh, the making of the lines, and we try to find the best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket and round one tournament betting with VSIN College Hoops experts on Selection Sunday, March 13th at 6 p.m. Eastern. That's free on vcin.com. Can I read you the funniest thing that I saw today? It has to do with the NBA. Of course. Quote, he, being Giannis Antetokounmpo, wouldn't have been a force back in the day. He wouldn't be doing a Euro step to the basket. Somebody's going to knock his head off. He'd come off the bench back in the day. That's not true. It's uh, Charles Oakley. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be able to handle the match. Well, uh, the one thing about the old NBA was a lot more physical. If you're, you're going to drive to the rim, you are going to get your uh, head caved in, and you'll, you'll find out how tough you are really fast. But I, I think the freak is tough enough. He, uh, yeah. he definitely would have stood up to the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s uh, NBA. There's no doubt about it. I think, you know, I'm, as, I'm old school, but I think you also have to be objective and realize that a lot of these current players are – uh, tough enough that uh, they could have played in that era, no doubt about it. Yes, you know, and good players 
uh, adjust, right? You adjust your game. You adjust your game sure. to the setting. You adjust your game to the players that join your team. So Segway to James Harden. That's right. So James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers have two games under the belt. They have two wins. They have two covers. Uh, and very comfortable victories at that. That touch and go in the fourth quarter against the Knicks, but ultimately pull away. Yeah, but cover. you kind of felt like you knew the Knicks were going to collapse on the stretch. I didn't and, know what he talking about. I felt the magic in the air. It was the garden. <laughs> you never know. Well, there was magic in the air, but uh, it was for the Sixers, not the Knicks. James Harden with uh, 29 points, 10 rebounds, 16 assists. Not too shabby. Uh, no, not too shabby at I all. I don't think it's... he was out at the clubs the night before the game. Uh, maybe. I mean, he's got the body where he could probably like take. He's like you. You know, you go out, you have party all night, but you can still perform. The the next day. You know what I mean? Never lets uh, it bother him. Although doesn't I'm a lot really older than he is. I, not, I, I can't uh, I can't play 35 minutes in an NBA game at this point. Uh, two games for James Harden. Uh, the first one we saw, 27 points, 8 rebounds, 12 assists, 58% field goal percentage, 71%. I think it was like 5 of 7 from three-point range against the Timberwolves. Followed that up in the Garden. 29 points, 10 rebounds, 16 assists, 57% in terms of the field goal percentage, 43% from three. First player in NBA history with 25 points, 10 assists in his first two games with a new team. Offensive rating through the two games for the Philadelphia 76ers, 124.4. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joel Embiid through the first two games, 40 free throw attempts. Um, you know, it's going to be a problem for a lot of these teams. But what I saw through the two games, and I always like these conversations, right? It's twofold. One, if you were on the Harden is cooked train, yeah, you better you better delete some tweets because Harden wasn't cooked. He just didn't care. That's a completely different conversation sure. in terms of how you want to judge him or what you think of those, all of that stuff, right? Would not slight anybody who wants to criticize James Harden for the way he handled the final few games of his Brooklyn Nets tenure. Or the final few games of his Rockets Correct. tenure. Correct. Right. Would, would not argue with that anyway whatsoever. But if you were ta- if you were out there firing away on Twitter, uh, he's cooked, he's done, his, a- his game is aging poorly, all that stuff, clearly it's not. He also, maybe it was the slimming navy blue, also looks like he's in pretty good shape as well when he was playing over the last few games for Philadelphia. But the other part is, it's funny, we always talk about, like, how do these guys work together, right? It was the conversation when James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving were all going to play together. Well, they were 13-3 and in 16 games, and they put up some pretty good offensive numbers. But what I found interesting watching them play was, you know, one of the things was, like, Joel Embiid's a pick-and-pop guy. He's not a real true role threat to the basket. We've seen multiple times now finishing rolls to the basket, finishing within four feet for Joel Embiid, right? He has changed his game. So I, I think really when it comes down to this, every time we have these conversations, humans, about two superstars coming together, I think in any profession, if you're good enough at what you do, you can adjust your skill set to then fit in the new guy. And through two games, it has worked wonderfully for the Philadelphia 76ers, and both guys have adjusted a little bit. Yeah, and the key there is two games. Right. Uh, it's small sample size, but I think these guys can play together. And also, it's uh, not just two games, it's two guys. I think it's a lot easier for two superstars to play together than three. Because when you've got three, the third guy's got to uh, uh, kind of set his ego aside and uh, be willing to kind of take the leftovers on the offensive end, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that was probably, uh, probably one of the issues with the Brooklyn Nets that we never really got to see play out in a big picture, because like you said, those uh, big three, Harden, KD, and Kyrie, played only, what, 16 games together. Yep. Is um, How would the distribution of uh, shots or just, uh, in general, the um, the ball domination work on the offensive end with uh, with those three guys? Because all three guys like to get up plenty of shots. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't see any reason why it won't work with the Sixers. I think Harden and Embiid should be a great combination. I, I always questioned whether Harden, Kyrie, and Kyrie would be a great combination. 
uh, because you got too many guys who need shots and don't want, want to dominate the ball, even though I think KD is the guy who would kind of uh, take the back seat a little bit um, as far as shots sometimes. Don't you think Harden and Kyrie were kind of a tough mix in the long term? Because both those guys love to dribble so much. Uh, I actually I think there was a lot of evidence in those the games when I was pushing for Harden to be MVP. I think there was a lot of evidence that Harden was actually willing to take a back seat and be more of a facilitator. His shot attempts were down. His assists were Was up, he like, really, oh. though? Because in the end, he wanted out. Well, he did. But <laughs> if if you take – the, these are the reports out there, so you always take it with a grain of salt because some of them are coming from Harden's camp. But w- the noise and the wind out there essentially tells you that the reason why he wanted out was he didn't expect to be the guy. He expected to be the third piece of a championship team and didn't want the same load on his shoulders that he had in Houston. But then Kyrie does this thing with the vaccine. Kevin Durant is hurt. And now all of a sudden it's not what he signed up for in any way whatsoever. And he's dragging around, mm. you know, James Johnson, Blake Griffin's, you know, corpse and others to home games in Brooklyn. Now, again, <laughs> we'll see if that's ultimately the case. But we're here now. And I, and I got to tell you, so one, offensively, it's worked out just as well you kind of expected, right? Mm-hmm. To your point, it's two games. To the degree of success, they're going to have a 124 offensive rating for the rest of the season? Probably not. But yeah. it's going to be pretty good. The other thing that I think really sticks out, so we always talk about like the shot diets, right? Like, hey, who's, who's going to take fewer shots, all these things. I think we also kind of forget to realize it's not going to be Joel Embiid who takes fewer shots. He's got 68 points in two games with James Harden. It's the other guys. I think the guy who's going to be on the outside looking in is a guy like Tobias Harris who hasn't looked comfortable. But you know who's looked super comfortable? And not like a big player prop guy, but something to look forward here. He's got Tyrese Maxey has over 20 points in the two games so far. And Harden's been looking for him in transition. He looks like he fits really well off of the ball. They had some really good numbers with him at the two guard last year. Tyrese Maxey looks really comfortable playing next to James Harden. And they had quite a few great possessions in the first two games when they were playing together on the floor. Uh, that kid, I think, is up for uh, some pretty big numbers and a really good third wheel for this team as they move forward. I would say watch out for Maxi, but Tobias Harris looks like he might be the odd man out here. Well, it's interesting you say that because he took Maxi took 14 shots yesterday, same as Harden. Right. Yep. I'm telling you, Harden's willing to if if you're there, right? If the shots are there. I mean, the other day uh, it was against the Knicks on Sunday. Uh, Matisse Thibel was wide open, and he decided to throw it to him on the left wing. And Thibel kind of stinks as a shooter, and he clanked it on the back iron, but still. Thibel's one of those guys who probably shouldn't shoot outside five feet. I, I like <laughs> right. him a lot as a defensive player and a role player. He does a lot of good things, but uh, he probably shouldn't shoot outside uh, five or ten feet. Now, I, I think James Harden is uh, probably uh, less unselfish than he was when he was trying to win scoring titles and MVPs with the Rockets. Yeah. I think he's I think he's willing to become a team player with the Sixers, and obviously uh, Joel Embiid's going to uh, demand that too, because when you got a dominant big man like that who can get to the free throw line 27 times in a game, uh, you've got to feed him the ball. Uh, and uh, mistake on my end, I actually was looking at the box score. I forgot that Joel Embiid got three down the stretch, so he actually has 71 points in the two games with James Harden. So. Uh, it is. It's quite the. It's quite the matchup, and we get a pretty big test. They play the Philadelphia 76ers later this, or excuse me, the uh, Miami Heat later this week. So can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be a good wait. one. My Miami Heat get your Sixers. Yeah, I don't uh, know if they're my Sixers yet, uh, but I will say it is pretty hard excited to, about James Harden. I can tell. Oh yeah. Well, uh, he's he is. To be fair, he is one of my favorite players. Like I like Harden a lot. I, I think what he did last year for Brooklyn is very much unheralded. It was forgotten very quickly. Because, and look, people don't like him, so I kind of understand it to a certain extent. Uh, and people were very happy to kind of bury him. Very, was, people were very happy. That was Chuck, <laughs> Chuck Martin. People were very happy to bury him when they saw him struggling a little bit in the four-point performance against sure. Sacramento. Uh, I, I think you know it, what's the Undertaker in the wrestling? He just sat up in the uh, 
think Harden just sat up in the coffin. He's like, I think we're going to be pretty <laughs> fine here as we move forward. So now, yeah, I want to say this too yeah. because Jay Billis talks about this a lot in, in, in the college game. He thinks that more fouls need to be called. Right. There needs to be more flow on the offensive end. But see, I think that's a contradiction too. When you're calling more fouls, you don't get that type of free-flowing offensive play. You don't get a rhythm to the game. And the one thing I hated about the Sixers-Knicks game yesterday yeah. was the fact that we're like 80, let's say uh, 84 free-throw attempts in the game. Hold on, I'm trying to figure. That was 79. Yeah. 79 free-throw attempts, 44 by the Sixers and 27 by Joel Embiid. I did not like the way the game was officiated. Way too many foul calls. No, I would agree. Now, I will say, I think there is something to him getting more free throws, mainly because like a rookie like Jericho Sims was forced in one-on-one situations guarding Embiid, and that's going to be really tough. Yeah. But having Harden on the floor does that, right? You can't double him to force the ball out of the post or anything like that. Now you got to send your big guy at him and hope that he can match up one-on-one with him. So you're going to get a little bit more in terms of the foul calls. But I would agree with you because yesterday's game I thought was somewhat uh, a ticky-tack in terms of the way they were calling it. All right, well, we got a, quite a few games later today in the NBA, so we'll get to those including a big matchup for the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, Chicago in South Beach, taking on the Miami Heat later tonight. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. Segment of The Edge is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. Zen Nicotine Pouches, smoke free, spit free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and many more. For your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. It's America's number one nicotine pouch, and it's available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. So head on over to Zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That is ZYN.com slash find. Warning, private contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right. 
So uh, we will get to Los Angeles Lakers and whatever the hell that was yesterday against the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, mm. But recap, we'll start with best bets, NBA recap from Friday. Well, you were gone, Matt Eumann's two plays. Got to talk to you guys and follow the money, though. Um, Hornets plus two and a half against the Toronto Raptors on Friday. Blow them out. Big win for Charlotte, who breaks out of their offensive slump. And the Clippers with the mini comeback against the Los Angeles Lakers on Friday night as well. That's right. Nice job by you and, with uh, two winners on uh, the Friday show. Yeah, so uh, hopefully keep it going here into the second half, which has been off to a solid start today a uh, hornets plus 10 and a half against the milwaukee bucks so here's my thing and this ties into a bigger picture really quickly so if we're like cutting we're splitting hairs right we're looking at all these mvp candidates you tell me why Giannis gets to just be absolved of a team that is 500 since the beginning of january 9 and 15 against the spread and barely outscoring teams by 2.2 points per 100 possessions 19th in defensive efficiency they're just limping on they don't really care mm-hmm. and some of these performances have been extremely poor and again over the weekend on saturday to lose at home to Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets in that fashion, I think is unacceptable yeah. for a guy who's going to win MVP. And again, grand scheme of things, not that bad. But if you're like finding the differences between some of the best players in the league and trying to see who is deserving of an award, I think results like that have to matter, no? Sure. That's a fair question. I, I think what you, uh, what you have a lot of times with teams like the Bucs is they're off a championship. Correct. And, uh, there's, it's kind of a just coast through the season at this point. Let's get to the playoffs. They're like, oh, we don't have to win 68 of these games? Right, right. <laughs> you, you lose a sense of urgency, and I, I think that's what you're seeing with the Bucks. So when you do see that type of situation with a team like Milwaukee, you can find point spread value on the other side. Some of these dogs are going to come in and play harder. Yep. And uh, the Hornets, as 10.5-point dogs, that's your play tonight. And um, – I did want to point out one thing about the Hornets after I was watching the NBA last night. Last night, yeah. They're 0-7 this season in overtime. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, it's a youngish team, so I guess that kind of explains to, to a certain extent. But it's just a lot of bad luck to go to overtime seven times and lose yep. all seven games. But. Yeah, and, well, and, and to lose at the hand of Kelly Olynyk yesterday, yeah. a fallaway oh, jumper yeah. from the baseline to lose an OT to the Pistons. <laughs> so not the best form here, but it's also twofold because I, I kind of I, I, uh, I circled the Hornets as a bet on team kind of out of the second half. So I bet them against Toronto. I bet them yesterday against the Pistons, uh, and I'm going to do this one more time here. Uh, and they've matched up well with Milwaukee, by the way. They actually lead the season. Series 2-1, and they have covered all three games. And they have a positive net rating, so the Bucks have had trouble with Charlotte. And catching 10.5 with a team that the last time they played, I think it closed four? Uh, I'll, I'll take a shot here with the Charlotte Hornets. And then, give me the first half. Timberwolves minus 1.5 against the Cleveland Cavaliers. It, the Cavaliers are on a little bit of a, sl- a slide here. They're 0-4 against the spread in their last four games. But this is because of injury. Um, we know that Karis LeVert, of course, has the troublesome foot injury that's going to keep him out for a little bit of time. It's troubling that Darius Garland participated in all-star activities but still is dealing with this back issue that has kept him out since they've come back from the break, too. He's been in and out of the lineup there. Rajon Rondo is out, too. They have, they have one ball handler, essentially, and that's Brandon Goodwin. And this offense has gone into the tank because of that. So I'm going to lay one and a half in the first half with the Timberwolves. I think they get off to a pretty fast start here and be able to cover that by the time you get to the break. So those are going to be the two plays on Monday. Hornets plus 10.5, and then Timberwolves first half, minus 1.5. How about college hoops? What do you got tonight? Uh, We're going to share this play, and uh, look – I think this is part of San Diego State has been a team that the market just generally respects, and Wyoming is kind of a new kid on the block and doesn't mm-hmm. really understand. That's true. Wyoming should be favored at home, whether it's like a full three, if you want to give them home court and say that they're equal with San Diego State, whether you just want to lay one, whatever it is, they should be favored here in Laramie. They have played well. They are undefeated when they're playing at home, Wyoming is. San Diego State, well, they've covered the last three games, I still think is overvalued in nature by the betting market here. And it's interesting that a couple of these um, – uh, statistical sites like Ken Palm and uh, Bart, uh, Bart, uh, Bartorovic 
have it actually as a projected win for Wyoming, and yet the market is up to two in some spots uh, in favor of the Aztecs. Mm-hmm. Give me the Cowboys plus the points here tonight. I made this number Wyoming minus one and a half, so right. I had it flipped in the other direction. I, I think what I had a really sharp college hoops uh, better professional better text me this morning say why is San Diego State favored? Yep. I said I think I'm just guessing here. I think it's because right now the Aztecs are on the first four out list by the bracketologist. They got to win, so they're the desperate team, right? Yep. Wyoming's going to be in the tournament. That's a, that's. Not, Solidly in the field lock, at this point. But yeah. In the field. Com- comfortably in the field. Or, yeah, it looks that pretty way. good to be in the field at this point. And the Aztecs got to win uh, when you're the first four out. And <clears throat> like you said, too, I also think there's just more respect in the betting market for San Diego State because it's such a good defensive team. And uh, maybe people don't believe in the Cowboys yet. But uh, I'm taking the Cowboys here. Like you, this is going to be one of this be my college hoops best bet for tonight. Wyoming plus one and a half. Uh, I'm considering some others. I don't love this card tonight, but uh, some of these dogs are intriguing. Uh, New Mexico getting 10, 10 and a half mm-hmm. at Fresno State. Uh, Washington getting eight, eight and a half at home against UCLA. Those are a couple dogs I might play tonight, but I'm definitely on Wyoming plus one and a half. And I want to set this scenario up for you quickly here. Um, UNLV lost a home game Saturday night against Boise State. It was a 10 point loss. It was not as bad as a 10 point score. It looks like Boise shot the lights out early. Uh, Boise scored 10 points off free throw misses, off rebounds and uh, field goals after they rebounded the misses. And also there were some couple critical bad calls that went against UNLV. Typically, yep. I'm not going to complain about the refs much, but uh, the refs were horrendous in that game Saturday. And there was a three-point play that should have gone UNLV's way at the end of the game that was wiped off on a charge. Yep. It was just a ridiculous bad. call. And uh, so I, I think UNLV was better than the score indicated in that game. And here's what you have. A Wyoming team that's playing a huge home game tonight against San Diego State. The, the fans are going to be jacked up. It's going to be a great atmosphere up in Laramie. You got a quick turnaround after this game. Win or lose, you got to hit the road, and you got to be in Vegas to play Wednesday night against UNLV team playing its final home game. And I think UNLV is going to be the bet in that game against Wyoming. Yep, I would agree. I have it circled too. But uh, uh, I, for now, look at the Cowboys tonight. But right. it's a tough spot to go forward here uh, for the Cowboys. So we're in agreement. Wyoming, plus the points tonight against San Diego State. By the way, too, against your point about the Fresno State game really quickly, they snapped like an 0-5 ATS streak a slide just the other uh, just the other day. Fresno State did. It's yes. not like they've been in great form, mm-hmm. now laying double digits against right. uh, New Mexico to kind of add to the uh, the handicap there in that regard. All right, uh, last couple of minutes. You want to talk Lakers really quickly? Let's talk about the Lakers debacle last night. Uh, Kendrick Perkins of uh, ESPN, former Celtic star, tweeting about it. I watched uh, some of this game last night, and I thought the Lakers quit. And right now, I make the Lakers a favorite to miss the playoffs. I think they, you know, by the numbers, they're two and a half games ahead of the Pelicans, who are the 10th seed. But I'll let you go ahead and float your theory about LeBron. I don't see a Lakers team that's going to be motivated down the stretch. Um, And here's here's a quote from Kendrick Perkins from the tweet. All BS aside... The Lakers are really disrespecting the game of basketball right now. That bad boy, that bad body language and careless basketball ain't it. Show some type of pride and respect for the game. That's Kendrick Perkins. The Lakers, I, I do, I don't, I don't say this a lot, but I did think they quit early in the second half of that game last night. Russell Westbrook with one assist and seven turnovers. Nothing's working on the floor, and I think off the floor of this team is a mess as well. 
Is LeBron even going to finish the season? I don't think the Lakers are going to be a playoff team. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you look, he's going to be on the injury report every single day with this sore knee. Uh, it sets up wonderfully for two weeks from now when they've lost, you know, six out of seven games, whatever it is, and they're staring at potentially sliding out of the play-in, potentially. Because mm-hmm. remember, there's also three teams behind them. New Orleans, uh, Sacramento, and uh, who am I forgetting here? Well, two of them at least. New Orleans, Sacramento traded for guys to pursue the play-in. And you also have a team like San Antonio uh, that's pushing for two. Now, the Clippers are ahead Clippers of them. Clippers are ahead of them. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, it's just a poor situation for him. So I would agree with that. I don't think they're a play-in team or a playoff team, and there's a slight chance that they don't even make the play-in if LeBron in a couple of weeks from now decides to shut it down because of this knee issue that's been there all year long. I'm not so. sure they're going to be in the play-in tournament. They have 22 yeah. games left. and um, Look at that, still 16-1 to one to win the Western well, Cup. A lot, a lot of these teams on this list are younger, hungrier teams. Uh, the Lakers old, broken down. They look like they have no motivation. So yeah. uh, that – 123 to 95 loss last night to the Pelicans. As ugly as that score is, I think if you watched it, it was even uglier. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. It, and there was a great clip. I don't know if you saw it. Vogel sitting there trying to coach him up. LeBron's looking straight ahead, not listening. And there's Russell Westbrook. Come on, guys. We can do this. Just cheering him on, being a good soldier. All right, if you're Frank Vogel at this point, do you care if you even get fired? Because you, you really don't want to. You're going to be the captain no. of the Titanic and go down with the ship. And he's going to get blamed for it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Fire Vogel again was last night with these Laker fans. Like, what are you, what are you doing? That's uh, not going to fix anything. Uh, I, th- I saw a great analogy. It was uh, you're changing the you're changing the tires on a total car. Like <laughs> <laughs> Frank Vogel, Frank Vogel is not that is hardly the uh, the biggest problem for the Los Angeles Lakers at this point right now. Uh, all right, that does it for us. Vsin.com yeah. slash podcast wherever you get your podcast. Uh, check out everything you missed here. Any of your part of your favorite shows, including the two new editions with Greg and myself uh, on Sunday nights. Those are up on the podcast feed too. March Madness and of course Harvard Handicappers. Make sure you tune in. Tune in to every single show, including My Guys in the Desert, which is coming up next year on Decent. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.